This episode is brought to you by Tabletop Dominion. If the antics of the circus have given you the desire to roll some dice of your own, head to tabletopdominion.com and use the code DESIRE10. Before we leave this cave as well, I think that we should destroy the stone water if possible somehow so that other people can't use it in future. Actually, you said it can't it's be destroyed. Stone, mate. I don't really... No, 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 no. I didn't say it couldn't be destroyed. I said that the the one uh, the that Bernie Crust didn't want to destroy it. Okay, then yeah, we should destroy it because that half wand can be used to animate dead things. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so what do you want to do to try and destroy that? Um, as an as an MJ, as an Quinn's got a bomb that he never used. Yeah, I mean, if the wand's made of wood, we could just torch it. This stone. Uh, oh wait, the wand. Yeah, because it's the wand, isn't it? That's wedged in the stone. Yeah, I suppose. The yeah, you don't have to delete set the stone. a tinderbox to it then. That is kind of our mo at this point. Okay. Yeah, burn it. <laughs> burn everything as you leave. Yeah, go for it. I can burn it. I can set things alight. My my hands are full, so somebody else might have to. Full of dwarf. Yeah, get the dragon breath on it. Full of dwarf and gold. No, I mean dragon breath. I just touch stuff. Um, set it alight. Oh, you can. Yeah, yeah. Go, go on, then. go for it. I do that. Tell me what you do. Like you grabbing. So it am and... I grabbing this this branchy thing on the plinth? Yeah. yeah. Grab that and set it alight with my. It's, it's part of my desert aura power, or part of my um, path of the storm um, power. Set things alight, so I do that. Okay. Um, one one thing I am going to do before we leave, um, I'm going to approach the. Where's Where's the little girl? Like, is she, she so with... she's on. I think I think the, the the plan was that she'd been set on Smog to to okay. assume yeah. um, carry her. I'm going to very quickly sort of put the dwarf down um, so that I'm not walking over to her with her dead child. Um, as you can see, I'm very likely to have my hands full for the journey to take you home. How how would you feel about looking after Mr. Mosey until we get you back to your parents? Oh, creepy. That's not creepy. It's supposed <laughs> it to be endearing and nice. my teddy. 
I've got puppies in this bag. <laughs> I try and be it's nice. Creepy, it's creepy when you do it. <laughs> She'll be on the bear when he touched you. Nothing be done like with nice intentions. Like um, I thought, let's. Why, why don't you give her a copper piece like you did once before? Because that was, you know, bribing kids was, to be your friend. I was giving them like copper piece because their dad died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's lower than copper? Because it's only a mate that died. It's only a fellow captor, so that's can't, that can't be as good as. Copper. Oh, I'm sorry that you lent her a Rubik's cube. And I'm telling her oh, to God. hold a teddy. Like, and I'm the weirdo. We did the same thing. Mine's less creepy. Cuban many, Cuban many colors, um, not trademark. She, she actually. Um, can, I, <laughs> can I have a charisma from you as well, please? Then, so. Yeah. Please don't let this be bad. <laughs> I need this to be good. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, come on. Ugh, it's a 10. <laughs> it's enough. It's enough that, that with, with, the, with the teddy. With Mosey, she 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 reaches out and she she actually passes the cube back to Quinch. Sort of like this is oh, this is this is usurped the 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 the, the, the cube, um, and she she hands that back and she and she takes Mosey and she sort of like yeah gives gives him a, a bit of a like she's looking at him and like gives him a bit of a squeeze and stuff like that. And uh, uh, she, you based, love him. Based see, on what? Love him. Based on what Dwee's taught me recently, I, I look at Quinch and go V for victory. <laughs> Uh, Alma, Alma, oh, do you, do you love Mosey? <laughs> yes, he's got. He's a bit. He's a bit heavy with all this armor on it. But he's soothing you, is he? Is he nice and soft? And I'm the weirdo. I'm. Yeah. I'm apparently the weirdo when we got to deal with. I mean, this shit. is definitely getting weird. Yeah, yes. I know. I know what do he's you, doing. Do you want to keep him? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to ask Krill. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> um, that, the the die the charisma uh, the charisma check goes up in flames. Uh, speaking of flames, um, as you held the uh, wand, um, obviously it just the the, the flames set on. on flames on fire the, the wand was set on fire um and you can feel that the heat almost building from the bottom like almost from inside the stoners it's all like burning from the bottom up despite the fact you're not touching which is weird um and it starts just like just fire erupting all the way up to the top um greg where have you got your half of the wand oh um i believe it kind of just chuck it up my sleeve as i normally do with like wands and things it's gonna go well you um, <laughs> suddenly feel an intense burning as the as your half of the wand sets on fire um, and starts. Yeah, it's, you've now got a, 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 a half of wand up your sleeve, which is on fire. Um, could, could you perhaps stop burning that a second? It seems to have uh, a knock-on effect to this half. It's sort of a one-way thing, unfortunately. I don't have the ability just, to just, stop it. Just piss on it, or, or spit, or something. <laughs> I can pit, I can urinate on it. Yes, is that, <laughs> is that what you want me to do? Um, do you want to take Alma out of the room? <laughs> uh, she won't see it anyway. It's fine. This is intense burning. I mean, this 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 wand is up against your arm. Is an is an on fire. You're, essentially, your robes are about to catch on fire if you don't do something very quickly. Yeah, just piss on it. 
Okay. I'll, I'll put, yeah, I'll, I'll hop on the plinth and piss on it as long as everyone's left the room. <laughs> of course, why wouldn't that be the first thing you try to do? Um, yeah. I'm sure Greg that's got create water or something like that, but then... That <laughs> Um, yeah, but for that, I probably need to have a wand. Yeah, or, or just the ability to take this wand out of his sleeve. Like, presumably, it's not locked <laughs> in there. Um, you start pissing on the fire; nothing happens. It's still, it's still the the fire is burning. It's not happened as soon as my urine hits the fire. It's turning into steam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Greg will cast. I don't have any water spells actually. Only shape water, and there's no water around. I'm breathing the steam. It smells like asparagus. <laughs> um, I could do a ray of frost on it. Let's do a ray of frost on it. Uh, go for it. Um, Quintrop's stone. I cast ray of frost on it. Um, how? What do you have to do with ray of frost? Is that like an attack? Ah, uh, it's an attack roll. Yeah. Okay. Do an attack roll. Uh, so eleven plus, yeah, eleven. Eleven. Um, you you um, that that's sufficient enough to hit the wand. Or where I'm not sure. Are you hitting the one that's in the plinth, or are you hitting the one that's in your sleeve? The one in the plinth. One's in the plinth. Um, you hit the one that's in the the, the plinth, and um, although it seems to be working at first, the fire just takes back hold again. Um, and and carries on burning. Um, yeah, what do we do? All right. I feel like at this point, Greg would just take the wand out of his sleeve and throw it on the plinth. Okay. <laughs> you flow that you throw the wand onto the plinth. Um, the fire just consumes the entire wand. It takes a few seconds, um, but the, the fire eventually com- completely consumes the wand, and what's left is just blackened um, wood, essentially. Dweezil, would your spell still be going? I think my my detect magic's probably in its last dying seconds. Uh, you feel one less ping in the room. Oh. oh. But. Bernie's is gone. But. Deep within you, Greg. Mm-hmm. You just suddenly feel um, calmer. You feel. You feel better about your choices. You feel you feel just something, just something wash over you, and it's, and and sort of somewhere in your head, you just hear, you hear the voice of Bokob, as the middle-aged man, just saying, "You chose wisely," uh, and you now have access to one cleric spell. Oh, that you didn't have already as a sorcerer. Do I get to pick that, or are you going to choose it for no, me? No, 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 you can choose it. You, can choose, you may choose one, and it's it's always prepared. Sorry <coughs> to jump back in. Did we tell Dweezil and Dabov about the poem, or whatever it was? Yeah. You sort of started but, to, but you never really... Yeah, we didn't finish it. Can we... Can we... I feel let's, that's a, let's, a, let's suggest a, that... a talk throughout the tavern. Yeah, the maybe, tavern or maybe talk. you're telling them, obviously you've got a couple of days' walk from here yeah, to, as to we try walk, and walk. as we walk. So let's let's do that. Let's let's get that. That's let's get literally you guys on the road. Um, as you feel the wand's magic dissipate, you decide to to leave the cave. And as you get to the outside of the cave, you realise it's actually night time. You realise that probably walking through the hills at this time of night is probably not the safest thing to do. Although you probably might have that as a not something that is going to happen to you over the next day or two. Um, you probably decide that realistically setting off when you've got a perfectly 
quote unquote safe cave behind you, it's probably best to hunker down for the night, get some rest, yeah. and set off as early as possible in the morning. Um, Dabov, are you still exhausted? Yeah, we haven't really been role playing that, have we? No, because that should have affected a lot of my roles, I think. Possibly, but either way, either way, well, yeah, it's, do with the rest. It's only ability checks; it doesn't matter attacks or anything like that. So it's only really ability checks, yeah. which I don't think you've done too many of. So that's fine. Um, you know, collectively, though, you managed to get a good night's sleep. You've had like a fairly stressful day trekking through the hills, getting to a cave, killing some children. Some of them, some of them weren't even zombies. Um. Anyway, huh? what? 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 Anyway, you um, you get through the night. You wake up in the morning, huh? And you set off through the hills. Over the next day or two, you get your sense of where you're trying to head to, and you and you you get in your way of uh, head towards the direction of, of tribal. Um, at first, obviously, you've got these massive, you know, where you are, you're very much in the wilderness where you start off of, in the cave. There's lots of big, ragged hills, lots of sign of, you know, battles and things like that, lots of signs of dangerous creatures, whether they be giants, ogres, manticles, anything. Um, but as the hours pass, you get closer and closer to civilization, you start seeing the, 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 the hills start, start to soften a little bit, they start to feel a little bit more homely. And eventually, after probably about 36 hours of travelling, albeit not necessarily directly, um, you start seeing tribal in the distance. Or at least you see a town and you suspect, given that, you know, hopefully that you've been in travelling in the right direction, that it's tribal. You eventually arrive in tribal and it's night time. What would you like to do? Would you like to head straight to the the homes of Alma and? Um... Yes, I think straight to the Woodens Farm. Yeah, they, yeah. Wouldn't, so, they wouldn't mind being woken up, would they? Yeah, good news, isn't it? So let's do the good news first. Okay, I'll probably stand, stay away if I've got a dead body. Does okay, that yeah, kind of makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Fine. So you, uh, yeah, you head up to the the, the Widdens farm. Last time you were here, it was daytime, um, and the, the the mother and father were sat out um, on the uh, on the porch. Um, a lot quieter at this time of night. Obviously, um, they're probably inside resting after a hard day's work, farming and all that, all that jazz. Um, head up to the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. As you walk through the gate, um, Alma suddenly leaps off Smaug. Like, you can't even stop her. She leaps off Smaug and she just goes running headlong into the, into the house. She gets to the door and she just start, starts, like, banging on the front door, starts screaming, like, crying out for her mother and father. Um... Obviously, there's no such as link, no such thing as electricity, so the lights don't just suddenly flicker on. Um, but you suddenly do see some movement inside, and some some like light being moved around, and, and you you see somebody coming to the door, and the door just flying open, and there is Alma's mother, um, Cyrene, if I remember correctly. Correct. And you can just see on her face almost like disbelief that her little girl's home, and she just 
almost like she's seeing a ghost and she just reaches down she just grabs her and she just holds her tight and she just pulls her into her into her and she's just clutching her and there's just this beautiful moment as mother and daughter share they're, they're both in tears both through happiness both a moment that they probably neither of them expected to have ever shared you know one one of which thought that she'd lost her daughter forever the other one thought she was possibly going to be dying alone in a cave behind Cyrene the father steps up and you can just see him looking down and you can just see like a small like smile on his face and just widen and solitary tear you see just running down the side of his face as he realizes like his his distraught wife is complete again that his 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 daughter is home and it's the first time that actually any of them acknowledge your existence and they look up and they see you and he just looks at you and he says i i don't know what to say uh, i'll be honest I, di- I didn't think that we'd ever see alma again i i i'd given up i think i'd given up hope and didn't realize it is thank you where was she what what happened to her where she where she was is in the past alma alma is looking to the future that is where we should all look she was in the hills she was always safe the hills the Desarin hills she was always safe because of the actions of another young man from Tribor, but now she is safe back with her parents where she belongs. What? What? Who? The boy whose name... Torrent. I have... Tor- I, I mean, I've just turned... Let me look through my notes, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Torrent. The son of Dars and his unattractive girlfriend. Um, Torrent? You found Torrent as well? We did find Torrent. Have you, have you... Torrent, is, Torrent is a hero. His mother will be so happy to hear that. His mother, I'm sure his mother will be happy to hear it. Unfortunately, um, Tor, Tor, Torrent does not come back the same way that Alma does. Torrent sacrificed his life so that Alma could live. And you, as you say that, you can see his face just like drawn and just, I'm a, I can't believe... We never really associated with them. We we'd see Torrent around town as this sort of down and out who scruffied up the place, and he saved our girl. He he kept our girl alive. Uh, yeah, and, and, she, and she could have died. She could have been gone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I I'll have to speak to speak to them in the morning. And Absolutely. Just, yeah, I think I think yourself and um, and his and Torrin's unattractive mother uh, uh, share <laughs> whose name I can't remember share a uh, share a bond. Alestra. Alestra. No. Yeah, yeah Alestra. Alestra. Oh. Um, yeah. I'm assuming we're gonna go see Alestra now rather than like keep the I body with us till morning. I think we will, won't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you share you share a bond with. With Alestra, um, her son, her son is is was is a hero, because heroes. Um, th- this is the thing about heroes. Heroes never die, because their names live on. Um, I know, I know a thing or two about uh, about heroes living on uh, through through tales and making sure that, na- that their names live on. Um, I will 
often speak of I will speak of Torrent because I am a bard and this is what bards do. Um, but it is uh, if you want to if you want to repay uh, the the sacrifice that Alestra's son made, what you can do is is make sure that he does always live on and not and speak his name and speak his name often because that is the greatest uh, honor that, that the hero can receive. Thank you. I, I, I totally agree. And I, <clears throat> and you can see like the mother's like looking up at you, like as you're saying this and she's like, holding Alma even tighter than she had been already. Just knowing that, that, that the fine lines between life and death. And she sort of like, just looks at you all and sort of like, doesn't say thank you, but there's like, you can see in her eyes, there's like this look of appreciation that you brought her girl home. And it's almost like a little, like a wink of, maybe not a wink, but like a, like a thank you sort of look on her face. And she stands up and she, she, she looks down at Alma and she says, let's get you inside. And she starts walking, she starts walking Alma inside. And then all of a sudden, Alma's just like, just sort of like, I missed you, mummy. And then all of a sudden she just detaches, she just sort of stops and she detaches from, from her mother's hand and she comes running straight back out. And she just runs straight up to Krill and she hands Mr. Mosey back to him. And then she gives him a big hug. And then she does the same for all all five of you. She just comes round and hugs all of you and says to you, thank you for, thank you for bringing me home. I honestly didn't think I'd ever see this place again. And please tell Torren's mother that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I came back and her, their son didn't. We will, we will. Yeah, we 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 are on our way to see Torrance unattractive mother now, and we will tell her. <laughs> <laughs> and then she runs back inside, and the the father gives you like a curt sort of like dad nod. It's like a little, and he walks back inside to spend dad the evening. Nod. In, uh, spend the evening with his his reunited family. Next, Alastra and uh, Narth. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dars is the the, the caravan. Yeah. <clears throat> so you head off to the North, uh, say the North Shield House. I think it's the Lion Costa or something like that. I can't remember. The yeah, name. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Lion Share. Um, you get there, and even though it's outside of business hours, um, you can see a light on inside. Um, you go to try the door. Um, it's locked. As I say, it's outside of business hours. Um, knocking at the door. Yeah, gentle, gentle yeah. knock. Yeah, with your, with your foot thrill or. No, Not just with... back here, knuckles, gentle. Okay. Not with his foot, with the portable ramp. <laughs> um, you hear a horrible thing to say about a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> um, you hear a few shuffles and noises from inside, and then eventually you hear like a, a, a familiar male voice from the other side, just going, "We're closed. Go away." Uh, I think you'll want to open the door. No, it, it, it's it's uh, I, Dweezil Van Zafir. We fought together against the giants and the orcs. You suddenly hear that you, you hear like the door, like a, a shuffle, like a, a ringing, a, a clanking of keys, putting in the door and unlocking it. And, and as he's unlocking it, like from the other side of the door, he's not opened it yet. You can just hear him just say, oh, Dweezil, of course I know who you are. You don't need to explain. You don't need to explain who you are. And as he opens the door, Krill, where are you? 
Just about to throw him in. <laughs> <laughs> um, like knock down Ginger, but with the body's corpse. I am. Um, I'm, I'm basically right in front of the door. There's just enough space for obviously Dweezil to be talking through the door between us. Um, holding him again respectfully, sort of just across my arms. I'm quite tall, so he's probably head height with Dweezil. But he can see you, yeah? Hmm. So he opens it, Dweezil, don't be so formal. Of course I know who you are. You've you've spent money in my you've spent money in my shop and we've you know, Is that is that who I think it is? Uh Krill just sort of rests down on one knee to bring the body sort of to a more amenable level that he can see. Um I'm still holding him, I'm not gonna not gonna lay him down fully. Um, and I just sort of hold him there. And sort of allow him to approach. He doesn't approach straight away. He just sort of looks sort of <clears throat> gobsmacked. And then he's sort of like just over his shoulder, sort of like still looking like eyes on the body. He sort of just like calls behind him. Alestra? Alestra, darling. I think you're going to want to come out here. And you just hear like this stomping of feet. She's like, what, what is it? Who is, who, is bother, who is bothering us at this time of night? And she sort of like takes the door off him and sort of like pulls it back. Who is bothering us at this time of night? And then she rushes over to the body. She realises in an instant what it is. And she's just down on her knees and she's just looking straight at the... the did you say that you put the body down or are you still holding holding? Still holding it whilst kneeling. Um, And she just collapses and she's just distraught and just tears ringing out like it's it's not late it's not like midnight or anything like that but it's late enough that there's not a lot of action going on in, in town it's fairly quiet around the the, the, the square of tribor is is absolutely echoing with the with with the the, the sobs and the cries of Alestra as, as, as she sees her boy who's been missing for several weeks at this point and She's not making any sense. She's not. She's just. She's just like pouring at him, and she's just like, "My boy, my boy, boy. what happened to you?" And she's just absolutely, just completely, just gone. And she sort of like it reaches to you for like for you to put him down, like to to put him on the ground so that she can sort of hug him and everything. And Narth comes. Narth comes out of the out of the store, um, and he and he walks over to to Dweezil and he just says, "Obviously." This is not the end that any of us wanted, but I can only assume that you fine folk did everything that you could to bring him back. I, I, I can't thank you enough. That the, the not knowing what happened is not my boy. We, you know, as you know, he's he's Celestra's son. He's not my son, but at the same time, I had an affection for him, and clearly, I I, I love his 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 mother dearly, and so her loss is my loss, and. Not knowing what happened to him is 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 just as hard as any news that we've just found now. And I, I, I thank you. I thank you a million times over for 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 bringing him home. We can have a proper burial. We can put a, an end to this, and we can. And all of a sudden, as as he's as he's thanking you, Alestra just snaps. Don't you dare thank them. Thank them for what? For bringing home the corpse of my child. They lingered in this town for days after I asked them to find my son. It's been days since they left this town. 
They're bringing him home. If they'd gone and found him straight away, he'd still be alive. He'd be home with us, alive. Don't thank them. Do not thank them for bringing home my poor deceased son. And she, and she just returns to, to the, the now not sobbing, but just almost like in anger and, and you know, a, a cocktail of anger and, 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 and despair as she's just loving her son and just missing him and, and just tears streaming down her face now a lot more quieter. And, and Narth himself is gobsmacked at this because obviously he's never seen his wife turn, uh, sorry, his, his, his partner turn on him like this and not knowing, you know, as far as he's concerned, you've done a good thing. Um, and he's just—he's just a bit like, uh, I, um, well, yeah, of, of, of course, darling. But you know, he's home, isn't he? Um, Crow stands up, um, says, "We are sorry. Do take all the time you need." Um, and then I sort of gesture for the rest of the party to leave. Um, as you say. As you say, do take all the time. Um, she just goes, what, like you did? Like all of you took time. What happened to him? Why is he... Why is he We, why is we he will singed? allow you to grieve. <laughs> we will be staying in the town this evening. Should you want to know more in the morning, come and find us. Oh, I'll find you all right. You're not getting away with this. You're not bringing home my dead son and claiming to be heroes. That's not how life works. And she looks at Narth and says, Narth, can we take him inside, please? Yes. As, yes, as yes, she turns, honey. as she turns, I say, we're no heroes. You're holding the only hero. And she just... Yes, <laughs> we need five rooms. So as you say that, she just looks at you with like a, a sarcastic smile of sort of suggesting, yes, I know you're not heroes. Um, and she just, she goes back into the house and, and Narth sort of very like apologetic, sort of not really knowing what to say. Cause as far as he's concerned, this is maybe not good news, but it's not bad news necessarily. Um, but he equally obviously has to stand by his, his love. And um, he, he just sort of, reaches down and he, he picks up Torrend and takes him inside and, and sort of looks back at you as a sort of like a sort of like a appreciative look but sort of like a don't really know what to say another dad walks, nod yeah, another dad nod but a different dad nod yeah. this one a bit more sort of to the side um, and he walks in and, and you hear the door, the door shutting uh, or you yeah. see the door shutting and you hear it being locked from the inside Thank you so much for listening to Dice and Desire. If you were hello, Quinch, what are you doing here? I thought I'd help out with the promo. No, Quint, no, come on. You're just going to talk about random place names that don't exist. No, I wasn't. I was going to talk to you about my adventures in Valaquanth, the very best that the Tendering Meadows has to offer. God, if you have to be here, at least read this out. Okay, what have we got here? <clears throat> Leave us a review on Apple or Podchaser. Oh, yeah, it was fine. It's pronounced Apple, but that was fine. Now read this bit. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Just search Dyson Desire. 
I'm actually very surprised that was all pronounced correctly. Uh, Thanks, Quinch. Thank you guys for listening. Do exactly as Quinch said and help us out in those various ways. And we look forward to sharing another episode with you very soon. It's a dark and stormy night and you approach the bar. As the woman turns, she says, Who are you, adventurers? My name's Margaret Battlehammer. Did you want to know more about me than that? I'm a dwarf. Can you tell by my height? That's right, and I'm Jump Funding than everyone, leading rhythm looters to the justice-loving friends. I play drums. And I'm the leading rhythm looters to the justice-loving friends. Yeah, you said that already. What? It is my honour to be the near-soul vocalist <laughs> of the justice-loving friends. I am a grung, fled from my people due to their slaving nature. <laughs> but my name is Black. <laughs> a beautiful story, Black. And I'm Morik, the forest father. I play the pan flute. Yep. I'm tall and greeny. Morik just looking down at himself, like, <laughs> I guess I'm quite furry. <laughs> the woman looks at you, fully perplexed, and says, oh, That's great. I only needed your names for the coffee order. <laughs> oh, just put it down under Quest Fantastic. A D&D actual play podcast. <laughs> what, what a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs>